right, welcome to Hebrews and Talks, episode two, season two, episode two. Season two, episode two. Ah, uh, so good to have you all back. Uh, we're also trying to like get into a groove again, like we've yeah. had that off season. Mm-hmm. Now we're kind of getting our our mojo back, and right. we're getting to that groove again of shooting and all that. So we're excited to bring episode two to you. Um, I guess we'll start off by again. I want to show off our faith unmuted mug. Yep. Show it off <laughs> one more time. Yeah. Very simple, minimalistic. I like it. Yeah. It's nice. And it's what we believe, right? Faith unmuted. We don't mm-hmm. want to feel like we have to kind of censor ourselves. Nope. So this is our mugs. If you're interested, DM us. <laughs> and we'll get you one shipped to your house. All right? <laughs> um, just to introduce our seg- our segments for today. As usual, we're going to start off with the, the Hebrews devotion. Uh, with uh, PSK, and then uh, we're gonna go into our primary segment, which is we're gonna talk be we're gonna be talking about loving your neighbor, what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a good reminder for all of us to we know we have to love our neighbor, but how do we do that? And yeah. then after that, we have a couple. We have a new segment called Biblical or Not. Mm-hmm. Um, the premise of it, I guess, today is not as it's more obvious why it's, it's not biblical, but mm-hmm. we want to. Use this segment as a way to help our listeners and viewers know, you know, what is biblical and what is not. And we'll be bringing up our reaction to today's, I think we got, we got two? Yeah. Two, two videos today, yeah. so. Not two videos, one video and one just story. Okay, one video and one story for you guys for our secondary segment called Biblical or Not. And then we'll close out today's episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, let's get it started with our devotional from PSK. All right, this is from Hebrews, per usual. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 3 through 6. Mm. Hebrews 12, verses 3 through 6. It'll be fairly short, I believe, but uh, this is God's word. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons. Mm. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. The Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. Amen. Um, There's a few things that I want to highlight here. Uh, The first thing is uh, that it's very clearly and obviously talking about how our struggle against sin in some shape or form to a certain extent is considered discipline not that like falling into sin is god's will like our struggle against our flesh and our sin and temptation is a form of discipline Mm. it disciplines our flesh to uh, respond better to the spirit um and a lot of people, I think, they'll see this as disconnected from discipline. Oh, discipline is when God convicts you. Discipline is when uh, the message convicts you, the word convicts you. Discipline is when something bad happens to you apart from yourself inflicting that suffering onto yourself, whether it's like fighting temptations, sins, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but actually, you know, the Bible tells us pretty clearly that our struggle, our wrestle against sin and our flesh is a part of our spiritual discipline. And uh, I think that's pretty fair, given the fact that in verse 3, it talks about Jesus. It says, consider him 
him referring to Jesus, who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. So how do these things have anything to do with each other? Well, first of all, we can't, we can't consider Jesus' struggle against sin to be his discipline because Jesus didn't sin. Right? He didn't have sin in his life. He was completely obedient to the Father. He pleased him. And so the connection here is that Jesus, the suffering and discipline that he was going through was something that, um, something that was apart from him. Right? Like other sinners were showing him hostility and, and he was wrestling with that and he had to uh, love and endure them uh, even throughout that. And so he's, he's saying the connection is in your struggle against sin, right? Because he, um, because he, our Savior, endured the sin of others, like we also have to struggle with the sin within ourselves. Mm. Uh, and he's saying, like, don't be disheartened, right? Don't be faint-hearted. Don't grow weary. Don't grow t- tired of wrestling against uh, our sin. Because we haven't done what he has done, which is literally what's... What, what verse verse four is saying? Mm. It's not like a random like oh you didn't. It's not like being overly dramatic like you didn't resist sin to the point of shedding blood. That's literally what he did against other sinners, uh, other people's sins against him, uh, for us for our sins. Um, and again verse five and six, and I just want to close with this. Um, they're quoting from. I'm gonna use a reference the the footnotes here. Uh, Proverbs, where um, the author of Proverbs tells us to uh, actually uh, embrace the Lord's discipline. Mm. And his discipline is a form of love. Mm. Um, and I want to encourage everybody uh, just simply by saying that uh, faith and ministry following Jesus was never meant to be easy. Uh, it was always going to be hard. Mm. Um, being citizens of the kingdom of heaven uh, in a world that we're not a part of, that God God has called us out of, like that's not gonna be easy. Uh, wrestling against our flesh, uh, our sins, and even in some ways, in the way that Jesus did, uh, enduring the hostility of other sinners, which we'll talk a little bit about, I'm sure, uh, later today uh, for a primary segment. Uh, that's not an easy thing to do, um, but uh, be encouraged because you're doing it. For the sake of love. Like there's, a, there's a father who loves you. And, and as you wrestle with it. He's actually using your struggle. To actually shape you. And to, uh, and to sharpen you. And that's a, that's a beautiful thing. That we, we can actually hold on to. As Christians. We can actually proclaim. That, that our struggle against our sins. Our struggles in general. It actually serves a purpose. Uh, whereas most people unfortunately. Uh, they wrestle with their sin or they embrace their sin uh, to no, uh, no gain at all. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that's good. Thank you for that devotional to kick our episode two off. Uh, I think we're off on the right foot today. <laughs> so, uh, with that devotional, I hope it encouraged our listeners and viewers. Um, I guess we'll head into our primary segment of Loving Your Neighbor. And actually, the, the passage we'll be looking at is... Um, Mark 12, Mark 12, and this is when the scribes ask, you know, what, what is the most important commandment right, to Jesus? And his answer 
is found in Mark 12, uh, verse uh, 29 through 31. And I'll just read that for us. So when he was posed the question, right, which commandment is the most important, this is, this is Jesus' answer. The most important is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Amen. All right, so we're going to, uh, I guess, kind of expand upon this uh, to help us to understand. Because I think we, are, we know what it means, mm-hmm. right? We should love God with everything that we have. And the second one is just as important, just as we love our neighbor as ourselves. Uh, and we'll go, we want to focus more on how do we apply this practically mm-hmm. to our life. It's not just an idea. We're like, oh, yeah, yes, we should love one another, but specifically, right? And uh, that's kind of like the point of today's uh, primary segment. We want to help, help our listeners and viewers to understand how we can actually apply this uh, to our everyday life. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, uh, this is kind of, the direction of season two, like practical faith. That's what we're calling it. And uh, this is super important, I think, to preface because like being a follower of Jesus is never about learning more about God. That's not merely what it is. It's, it's right. learning how to follow God. Like Jesus yeah. said, follow me, not you know, come and learn more about me, right? Uh, and so like actually learning how to practically apply these truths, not mm-hmm. just simply learning about it. Like, oh yeah, like in Sunday school or at church today, I learned that we should love our neighbors. Like, how do we do that? God, right. I want to obey you, right? Like, I understand now. Like, help me to actually do this. Right? Show people love in the way that you loved us. Um, but yeah, this is a passage that I actually really like. It's one of my favorite passages. I see this about so many different passages. So. Especially Psalm 1. Yeah, Psalm 1. <laughs> that's for sure a favorite passage. But this passage too, um, Jesus uh, is quoting from uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6, which is mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I like it so much. Because uh, Deuteronomy is such a good book. Uh, probably one of my favorite books. But... Uh, Jesus quoted from Deuteronomy 6, and he quotes from this command, uh, which, you know, you guys don't really know what this is called, but it's called the Shema. And, uh, and it's considered, according to Jesus, the most important command of all. I think in Matthew, he actually even says, like, on all the other, on these two laws, loving God with everything, loving each other as yourself, that every other law like depends on these two commandments yeah. it like centers like this is the center of all those like hundreds of commandments right. and he says this is the most important thing ever and so what does that look like mm. um is the question today yeah um you can argue just kind of piggybacking off of what psk just said you can argue that these two every other commandment is built upon these two it's like at the foundation right so obviously like we can't love one another in the way that Jesus is telling us to love one another, unless we love God, yeah. right? So loving God, that's why it comes first. It, our love for each other is not really based on human love, mm-hmm. right? Our human love can never follow and be able to um, keep, like, human love can never um, stand up to God's love. So right. we, we can never be asked to love like God through our human love. So this love for God comes first. And as we come to understand the love of God, uh, it's his love that we are sharing to our neighbor. Yeah. It's not, this is not meant to say like, it's your, it is out of your own love. And trust me, human love is very limited. Mm-hmm. It's very conditional. Right. There's only so much we can do. We only do it as long as it's not inconvenient to mm-hmm. a certain point for us. Mm-hmm. 
it's it's not that it's we receive love from God and we love God and then God's love is flowing from us out to our neighbor mm-hmm. right so with that in mind practically speaking right how can we uh, love our neighbor um, I guess if we can start with people I guess um, that acquaintances or people that we kind of meet every day you know just running errands um, just people that you meet, you know, at the grocery store or wherever mm-hmm. you go, right? How can we show our love uh, to them? Right, that's a that's a good point because uh, when it talks about like loving your neighbor, I think a lot of times like people ask like, "Who's my neighbor?" I think I think even in one of the gospels, somebody actually follows up with that question. Right. Um, which I think in, I'm honestly I don't even know. It might be Luke or Matthew, but uh, the person Jesus presents, um, the person, I think it was a lawyer. Uh, with this commandment. And he said, in his defense, because he felt like Jesus was calling him out for not doing this. And he said, who is my neighbor? Or basically saying, like, have I not been doing this? Uh, have I not been showing love? And, like, I think uh, Pete brings a good point that uh, we're not talking about, um, like, any sort of love. We're talking about, like, the love that Christ had for us, unconditional, mm-hmm. sacrificial, when you don't want to love. So, like, do you believe like neighbors referring to like everybody? Well, yeah, because uh, I was gonna continue on from what you're saying. Like mm-hmm. in that scenario, when when uh, he asked him, "Hey, who is my neighbor?" Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus follows that up with the parable of the Good Samaritan, right? right? And uh, to prove his point, it's not just people that we love or people that we know, but in the parable of the Good Samaritan, just to sum it up real quick, is uh, this Jewish person gets beat up? He's like gets beat up by robbers and he's left for dead on the side of the road. Uh, two Jewish people come and see him, but then they just pass by, right? And then, but there was a Samaritan, right? Samaritans and Jews were like enemies of each other. They they did not get along, right? Samaritans were half Jews, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jews felt like only pure Jews were God's chosen people. So because of that, there was a, always like a, uh, a clash between the two. So it's not by accident that Jesus is using the Samaritan to be the good neighbor here. But this good Samaritan, or the this... Samaritan guy sees the Jewish person left for dead on the side of the road, takes him, right? Takes him to an inn, pays for all the things and says, hey, like whatever co- extra costs there are, just I'll pay for it when I come back. So please take good care of him. And mm-hmm. he leaves. Yeah. And the point is that our neighbor is just anyone who is in need, mm-hmm. right? Regardless of, um, you know, like uh, their status or like skin color, whatever background, it could be very people Political that are, differences. Yeah, yeah. regardless of all that is whoever is in need is our neighbor. Mm-hmm. So then how do we, I guess, love our neighbor? Yeah. And the example that Jesus gives is obvious, like it inconvenienced the Samaritan, obviously, right? Cause I'm sure he had his way to go. He was, he was doing his own thing. Mm-hmm. And here comes this person who is about to die and he disregards his schedule to, Make sure that this person uh, is okay. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think there's like a very like thin line whenever Jesus or the word of God in general is talking about like loving people. And what I mean by that is like thin line as in like the separation between like distinguishing like is it talking about loving the church, like your fellow brother and sister, uh, the fellow kingdom of heaven, or... um like unbelievers gentiles and i think we need to do both yeah. uh, but sometimes 
like the line is blurred. Mm-hmm. Um, when it talks about like, for example, like when Jesus talks about specifically loving other brothers and sisters, he takes it like to an- another level. He he says like this is literally what defines like you as a Christian. Like if you don't love your brother in Christ, your sister in Christ, you're not a Christian. You're a liar, right? Like mm-hmm. you don't you don't love the Father. Mm-hmm. Um, but for this, I I, I do think it's uh, I think it's talking about both uh, in in some some uh, to a certain extent, but. But yeah, I think it is talking about just like people in general, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's because you know, if we're, if we're talking practically, like how do we do this? And this is kind of extreme, but at the same time, it's very true. Like we have to look at like how did Jesus practically do that uh, for us? Um, I think he did it in a lot of ways, right? Like, like you were saying, like your our acquaintances, like people in our workplace or school or uh, whatever it may be, like in public, like mm-hmm. Jesus. He, uh, he, he dined with, you know, complete strangers, really. Yeah. And he dined not with, not with just strangers, but the, the outcasts. Yeah. Right? For any, like, youth listening or any people in college, like, uh, those who, who didn't have a group, yeah. uh, a collective to, to associate themselves with. Yeah. Like, Jesus would be with them. And he would show them love by saying, like, hey, I noticed you. Right? Like, yeah. He calls them out by name, uh, even though they had no idea. But that that anybody would notice them or want to look in their direction, mm-hmm. um, I think it can be that simple. It doesn't have to be like you know paying for somebody's hotel or or like those crazy like Facebook videos you see where like they're like buying like homeless people like houses and that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, yeah love is I think is applicable in a lot of different ways. Uh, yeah, I think uh, another thing is like people might say like how do I know that God wants me to do it right my like mm-hmm. led to do it or yeah. is there, show me a sign we might say that we meant to help help this person but um in this sense like we're kind of free to do as our heart le- heart leads us right mm-hmm. we when we see someone in need we don't have to be like god show me a sign that i'm supposed to help this person mm-hmm. well you just if you can you help that person yeah like, we we go as our heart, heart goes and mm-hmm. uh, our everyday life you know of course we try to just for at least for me personally is you know I'll open doors and like hold doors and mm-hmm. offer to help carry something if I see people struggling with something. Yeah. Uh, I think it, you can start with that, um, and then kind of build up, up even more mm-hmm. in like baby uh, steps, baby steps, and yeah. like maybe that leading to conversations about the gospel. Uh, we're always sharing the gospel. I think it's the number one way to love our neighbor. Right? Mm-hmm. They need to be saved. Yeah. Um, I, you know, PSK knows that I'm at, during the week, I, I can be at Starbucks or I can be at Panera, just getting work done. And people, I go there often enough that people kind of know my face, like the regular customers know, like, you know, like the regular customers know each other. Yeah. And then they will strike up a conversation. I'll strike up a conversation with them too, um, just to see how they're doing and also using that as an opportunity to share the gospel. People um, on my surface case i had the holy way ministry sticker on it i don't have the case on it anymore but when i had it on they would be like hey what what is holy way ministries mm. that was a way for me to and so i stuck it on there on purpose i had to put a new one on on just the surface itself because that uh, the case is gone now mm. but uh it was intentional i left that there so that people would would ask me and it was my chance to share the gospel mm. um people at panera would ask me you know every so often right now i have a wait, faith over fear sticker on it Mm. <laughs> so what happened to the case the case it just like over time it just uh, got yeah, I see, I see. yeah i didn't even notice that case came off 
Yeah, it, it came on. And I realized like I don't really need it, but uh, I need to stick a new holy wave sticker on it. But um, yeah, just things like that, intentional. Yeah. Um, using every opportunity we have uh, to share the gospel. Um, I think for for everyday acquaintances like that, I think that's the level we go. Uh, I think last week in our first episode we talked about. Uh, like helping the homeless, yeah, right? people right. who are in need, and that's you know another good good way too. Um, but then, I guess if we're to cross the line over to like our church community or like just fellow believers, what does loving our neighbor in that sense look like? Mm-hmm. Um, for that, I think we can even go more intimate because we know each other, mm-hmm. right? We know uh, the needs that each other have, yeah, and we're able to help yeah. out. Like for example, I know some of our some of uh, our holy waivers are like sick. They're like really sick, mm-hmm. and like you know, just to care for them, ask if they need anything. Yeah. Uh, praying for them, obviously, was another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, that's a way we can do it. Um, I remember at a different church I was serving at. Um, it's crazy. I I had no idea, but like, is this any typical Sunday? The setting up for service, and I go backstage, and there's like. A makeshift bed and there was like a laptop and it was like obvious to me that someone was like kind of just sleeping in the back of our in the backstage wow. I had an idea because I, I, I recognized a laptop um, so I, I like after service I called him up and I was like hey you know I noticed your stuff was in the back like what's going on and he started like breaking down I was like yeah I got kicked out of my my apartment I had, like, no place to go. I've been living there for, like, a couple weeks now. Whoa. Uh, he just, uh, like, he would usually clean it all up. So by the time we go in to set up, it would be, like, no mm-hmm. evidence that he's yeah. there. Uh, but he just, I guess, mistimed this one. And so I was like, you know what? Like, just come come at our place. Um, the timing worked out because this is when our, our firstborn was only six months. Mm. And, like, my wife was going to take him to Korea for, like, a month. And oh. it was, like, just when they're leaving was when I found this out. So I was like, hey, you know, you got one month, uh, at least a month, uh, just stay with me uh, in our apartment. Um, and he stayed. And after that, he was able to find a place in that one month, and he was, mm-hmm. he was, he was back to being good. But something like that, you know, it's just, I wasn't like, God, give me a sign. Mm-hmm. It was just like, oh, I saw him in need, and I just extended out and wow. uh, gave him a helping hand. Yeah. It's not about receiving acknowledgement. Or like thanks back or anything back. I wasn't even thinking about anything like that. It's just hey, I'm glad that I can help you. Yeah. Right? So you're not stuck, you know, sleeping in the back of the church, right, or behind the stage. So uh, that would be a, a like another example of how we can practically love our neighbor who is our church member. Yeah. Um, you know when you when you ask for you know, for a sign, when people ask for signs like God, like do you want me to help in this way? God did give us a sign. I think that is the us, sign. <laughs> yeah, that as well. But like, I mean, the sign was the greatest sign of all, like the sign of Jonah. Mm-hmm. He sent Jesus Christ and he did exactly that for us. Your sign is Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like the testimony of Jesus, his ministry, his life, his death. Mm-hmm. Like that was our sign. Like if you're a Christian, the spirit of God was inside of you. You think about the gospel and that's your sign. Mm-hmm. Like that, that love, like you're, you're talking like you receive love from him. First, which is why these two things are connected, like loving God and loving others. Yeah. I actually preached a three-part sermon series like a few weeks ago on this. Part one was 
God's love for us. Part two was our love for God. Mm-hmm. And then part three was our love for us. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I talked about how like King David, he actually said in his song, um, like my cup overflows, mm-hmm. right? Like uh, you anoint uh, oil over me right. and my cup overflows. And that, this idea of cup overflowing is like when he pours his blessing onto you, when, he, when you experience his love and relationship, it's not that it's not even that your cup is full. It's that your cup is like overflowing because like if your cup is full, like you only have enough for yourself. Still, when you drink of it, and you're still trying to drink of your own, mm-hmm. but like you're eventually gonna run out. But if it's overflowing, you have more for yourself, more than for yourself, and so you just pour into other people's cups, mm-hmm. and that's that's the that's the idea. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a beautiful story. When we talk about like love and church, which we will uh, next episode, we we can talk about like some pretty. We can we're gonna talk about like unity. We're gonna talk about it's mm-hmm. a lot deeper, but uh, but yeah, um, I think like loving, like what else did Jesus do? I think uh, for, for like non-believers, like the Pharisees, for example, like he he loved them when when they didn't love him, when they hated him, actually, um, like when they when they struck. Jesus's face like he he didn't make a sound like he didn't uh, he didn't he didn't mumble in frustration or in anger and he didn't he didn't fight back um that's hard to do I feel like and he was every opportunity he was trying to get them to wake up right and see the truth yeah I, I don't see him giving up on them right he he does he used lots of different methods to try to get them to see that he is the Messiah. Yeah. He just kept on refusing to believe that he is the Messiah. Yeah. I think that's his love too. He, of course, he calls them out all the time yeah. for being hypocrites, but at the same time, he wanted them to yeah. have their eyes open up so that they can see that he was he is the, the Son of God. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like he just one or two times and he's like, oh, you know what, forget it. The Pharisees are just, there's just, there's just no hope. Mm-hmm. So he kept on and kept on. Because he had so many run-ins with them, like mm-hmm. all throughout the gospel, it's just yeah. always the Pharisees coming to just pick a fight, right? Um, and Jesus, every time, is trying to open up their eyes, and yeah. I think that in that sense, he's showing them love too. Like mm-hmm. he's not giving up on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and the sinners too, we know, like PSK mentioned, they he's ate with the sinners and tax collectors, right? The outcasts. Yeah. Uh, he that's how Zacchaeus got to be saved. I mean, there's so many people that got to be saved mm-hmm. because uh, he spent time with the outcasts. The, the woman at the well was another outcast. Yeah. And through that encounter, she was saved. Um, mm-hmm. So every chance we get, we um, should be proclaiming Christ. Mm-hmm. We have Christ in us. Uh, we receive God's love, so we should not be afraid to share that yeah. with others. Right? Mm-hmm. We're always eager to share good news that happened to us. Right? Just look on social media, right? We share yeah. the good things in life. But how much more should we share the fact that we have been saved by, by Christ? Right. we share with our neighbors that's yeah. loving yeah. our neighbor right? yeah. if we really care about them we should care where they end up in the, in the next life right mm-hmm. in the spiritual realm are they going to be in heaven or hell yeah. if we really love them we would want them to be in heaven mm-hmm. and to get them to be in heaven we have to share the gospel yeah. right? and Jesus actually says that he says uh, he, I think it's in Matthew but it's in the gospels and he says um like, if only you repented, I would have gathered you and embraced you like a mother hen gathers her little chicks, right? Um, and he was talking, it, that was that was found, like, in the midst of a debate with Pharisees. And he was saying that to them mm-hmm. in, in the midst of them. So, 
he definitely still had a heart for the Pharisees, even though their hearts were so hardened. And like, yeah, like even like, like we have to love our enemies. And like, and, and this is a very simple example that we don't do this is like on the road, like when like, when people like, uh, like curse you out or flip you off or yell at you or, or give you dirty looks, right? Like we're so quick to, like our first response is to retaliate, yeah. right? Uh, when Jesus did it, even small things like that, I think, uh, it goes a long way. Mm. Um, yeah, when you return, you know, hatred with love, I think, I think that does a lot more than, yeah. than us, you know, fighting back or proving right. that we're right. right. Yeah. So loving one another, or loving our neighbor as ourselves, uh, could be hard to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the more we are consumed by ourselves, it's harder to do. Like right. we're so focused on what we need to get done. We, we start immediately calculating, is this how much of an inconvenience is this going to do? For, do for, is, is it going to be for me? Mm-hmm. But we shouldn't think in those terms, right? If we are overflowing with God's love, we're able to extend that out to others so yeah. that they can come to know who God is through us. I think mm-hmm. that's why Jesus says to love one another. It's, it's uh, more than just, uh, just, just uh, pounding the gospel at them, like just preaching. Yeah, uh, our actions speak louder than words, and so yeah. when they are hit with love, I notice that's when people soften up, right? Um, so loving our neighbor is a huge thing. It's a it's a very important thing. Uh, it's a thing that we should try to implement and do every single day, um, without calculation. Yeah. Right? Oh, it's gonna cost me this much. It's gonna cost me time. Oh, they're I not gonna love me back. Right. right. Like or thinking like they're never gonna repay me for what I do. Mm-hmm. All those things, Jesus says, like unbelievers do that. Right? Mm-hmm. They, yeah. they, they, they love according to how much they think they can love. Mm-hmm. But as Christians, we're called to be even above that. Yeah. Right? We go above and beyond because think about it. God went above and beyond uh, for for you and me. He didn't mm-hmm. have to send Jesus. Yeah, right? he was perfectly fine just sending us all to hell. But mm-hmm. he went above and beyond what he was, you know, uh, above and beyond what he had to do to save us so in the mm-hmm. same way we go above and beyond uh, to save uh, and to love others yeah and you, and you don't need them to love you back yeah. right like because, exactly yeah like you just you get hated on and you turn it's around okay. and Jesus is loving you so yeah. like it's fine like, it's okay the world hates you and then he loves you then it's like you know what you don't need to love me because he's already loving you so right. uh, yeah so we talked about um, loving your neighbor by preaching the gospel to them mm-hmm. even if they don't want to hear it even if they disagree with it, even if they're making fun of you to refute the gospel. There's a lot of unbelievers do that. Mm-hmm. Like, in order to fight what you're preaching to them, they'll make fun of you. Right. They'll laugh at you. They'll make fun of the belief or whatever it may be. Uh, we talked about not road raging. We talked about uh, helping people in little ways. Mm-hmm. We talked about opening up your home and, and sitting with the outcast. Uh, literally, yeah, just throughout your life, you know, loving yeah. everybody because he loves you. And, um, I just want to encourage everyone because everyone's going to love differently. So um, don't just take this as, oh, I'm going to love my neighbor. But I always encourage, uh, you know, my sheep too, to be specific. Have a plan. Like, this is how I'm going to love my neighbor. Just think about each person. Like, this is how I'm going to love my mom. This is how I'm going to love my dad. This is how I'm going to love my my brother and sister in Christ. And just uh, come up with a set plan. Because if you leave it vague and general, then you tend to not do it. Because it's, it's so vague, oh, I'll get them next time. I'll get them next time. Uh, but 
think of ways be proactive right be uh yeah be proactive in that thinking of ways beforehand to love certain people in your life um, instead of just kind of leaving it up in the air just if it happens it happens mm-hmm. um, god had a specific plan to show his love for us we should have a specific plan right an intentional plan to love our neighbor as ourselves but be more intentional. That's that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Don't just say if it happens, it happens. No, be intentional. Yeah. This is how I'm gonna do it, and then go out and do it. Yeah. You don't have to wait for God to show you a sign. He wants us to love. It, it says it here, right? Jesus says, "Love one another," and that's how they'll know that 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 God the Father has sent me. Right? It's through our love for one another and to to those around us. That's how they'll know that we are His disciples. Yeah. Right? So there is no need for a sign. That is the sign. That's the commandment. Go and love. Because that's how they'll know you're you're my disciple. Mm-hmm. So we just go out and do it. Yeah. And he said this is the greatest thing. Like if, if Jesus is saying like this is the greatest commandment, like we should be intentional with it. We shouldn't just be like, okay, it'll happen. Like he's saying it's the greatest commandment of all. And so we should take steps uh, towards achieving that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, hopefully that was helpful. Um, I guess our next segment we're gonna go into biblical or not. Let me just preface uh, where this came from. Uh, one of my youth, I mean, a lot of my youth, they send me TikToks. Uh, but, but one of my youth sent me this TikTok of this preacher. And honestly, I don't even know his name. right? And, uh, and we're not going to talk much about the guy, per se. We're going to talk a lot about what he says. And obviously, the segment is biblical or not. And so um, this is, again, like Pete was prefacing, it's pretty extreme. Uh, we watched this. I watched this a few times, and I was just, I was just dying of laughter. And I was telling my, my youth didn't even believe it. He was saying it to me because he, he knew it was so ridiculous. My guess is that he's, from what I hear, I think he's Pentecostal, um, like, like an extreme level of uh, yeah. Pentecostal. Because Pentecostals, they try to. We'll talk about it in a sec, but let, let's show it first. Uh, this is on YouTube, but uh, I'm pretty sure uh, the clip. Oh, it might just be short actually, but yeah, it's like a little sermon clip. This is it. Let me just start this video. So Jesus decided to go from here to there to save a man. And then suddenly there is Hurricane uh, Katrina came or whatever the name you call and start killing the disciples. And Jesus was sleeping. So they came to Jesus. Hey, get up, get up. Now, what was that about it? Those mermaids, the uh, marine devils, were the most powerful ones trying to kill Jesus and the disciples at the same time. Of course, you can't kill Jesus, you know. We're talking about God in the boat. So Jesus, with a little faith, and he said, all these devils are back up. So the, 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 the ocean came down. Crazy. I mean, think about it. So those devils are, in my opinion, most powerful ones. I'm not going to name, name uh, names, but usually... The demonic power, if they want to do soundtrack, they do inside the ocean. That's fact, 100%. So Jesus <laughs> said, oh, That's fact, 100%. <laughs> All right. Um, All right. <laughs> okay. All right. What do you think, the so, Bible or not? <laughs> okay, so, all right. So, like we said, this is an extreme example, and I'm sure our viewers and listeners will 100% know that this is not biblical, yeah. that it's unbiblical. <laughs> uh, the fact that he says it's like, 
uh, mermaids and demonic, uh, like the most strong, like marine, most demons. powerful ones in his opinion. <laughs> like, like marine demons are like the ones that are trying to stir up the storm. No, it's just a storm. You know, there's yeah. there's uh there's no there was no demonic powers that are trying to like uh, sink the boat and all that. But uh, and the fact that what they they do uh, these meetings underwater, like and that's you don't see that anywhere yeah. in the Bible. You don't see that anywhere in the Bible. Uh, I, yeah, that's why I was saying I think he's Pentecostal because like. His like logic is that there was like a natural like disaster, like a storm, and and a lot of Pentecostals believe like everything that happens is happening because of some sort of like spiritual influence, and so I, I think he's Pentecostal. Uh, he's not really preaching based off of you know exegetically you know breaking down the passage. Yeah, he's not. He's yeah, not at all. He's uh, the only thing that is biblical in in his preaching is. The fact that there was God in a boat, that's that's correct, right? Jesus, Jesus is God. Boat. He is God. He was in the boat. Amen. And okay. uh, that little part in the gospel where he was sleeping in the boat. So he was chilling. He was straight. He was calm as can be in the midst of the storm. And they came and woke him up because they were scared. Right. Uh, but there were no mermaids. But his explanation of how the storm happened was all unbiblical. Yeah, it was funny, though. It's, it's entertaining. Funny. He was like, 100%. And he was like, in my opinion. And it's, it's really interesting how, like, he's like, He's trying to, he's, he's, he's like really convincing. He's like, in the sense that like he's speaking with authority. Yeah, yeah. Like he really believes that like he's being really like scholarly here. Like he's like, in my opinion, as if there's like many other opinions of which demons are stronger. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just, you just gotta be careful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't listen to everything you hear on social media. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to show this clip to my youth uh, one Saturday. <laughs> Because uh, it's like a shorter sermon, I'd be like, guys, just be careful. Like, don't believe whether it's like political, right. religious. Like, don't believe everything you see on the internet. Um, yeah, definitely not biblical, though. Not biblical. Yeah. There's another story, uh, just a quick one. Uh, I was like doing my homework, right, uh, in public, and, and I was out, uh, and and I was I had my Bible out. It wasn't homework actually. It was I was preparing for a Wednesday Bible study, <laughs> and uh, and these two girls. These like two like college girls or whatever like walked to the table in front of me and, and approached this other girl. And this other girl was on her laptop. She seemed like she was in school too. She was doing work, whatever it was. And these two girls that approached her, she's like, hey, like, we're part of like a Christian organization, a club. Like, can we can we actually ask you a few questions about the Bible? And the girl was really excited to say yes. So I was assuming she was Christian also. And I was really excited. So what I did was I put my Bible away. I snuck it away because I was like, what if they come to me next? I'm gonna like play along and and encourage them, and uh, and they start talking. I was kind of like listening as I was doing my work, and uh, they started reading from a few places in the Bible, and after they read from their places, they were like, a lot of people know about the Heavenly Father, and the girl and the girl was like, yeah, like I've heard of that before. I'm Christian as well. And they're like, oh great. And they're like, but have you heard of the Heavenly Mother? And <laughs> and this girl. She just was speechless. She didn't know what to say. She just sat there, like, staring. And she was like, I- I've never heard of the Heavenly Mother. And then uh, the one girl that was reading the passages, she stopped talking and kind of, like, gave it to, I think it was the leader of the two, whatever it was. And this other girl, she, like, she was super kind, really smiley. She was like, oh, it's okay. She was like, let me explain to you. She was like, you know, like, fathers can't become fathers unless they were first, you know, born from mothers. And she was like, and so when the Bible calls God the Heavenly Father, 
there has to be a heavenly mother out there. <laughs> and I was shocked. I was I stopped typing. I was like looking up and I just what? I I wasn't even hiding it anymore. That I was I was listening. I was just like looking at them and I was like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. And wow. and I, I really was about to speak up. And I honestly full transparency I didn't and I, I instantly I regretted them not speaking up. But it's because honestly, hundred percent. Uh, like I was waiting to see like what she would say because she said she was Christian. I was curious, like you know, how is she going to respond to this obvious, like terrible reading and interpretation of scriptures? Mm-hmm. And um, and she was like, "Oh, I've I've never heard of that before." And uh, and the girls were like, "You know, that's fine. That's completely fine. Like, you know, we have like Bible studies and like uh, like every week. Like, do you do? Are you are you comfortable with like sharing your numbers so that we can like reach out to you and we can like go over this mm-hmm. stuff together?" And uh, the girls said no, thankfully. And I was like, oh, man, like, should I say something? But the girls got up and they left and they turned the corner. And that becomes relevant in a second. But they turned the corner and I, I spoke up to that one girl who didn't believe who was a Christian. I was like, hey, like, I was like, you don't believe that, do you? And she was like, no, I don't. She's like, I'm a Christian. I was like, I've never heard that before. And I was like, okay, good. I was like, that's, that's not true. And then um, I finished my work in the next, like, 10 minutes, maybe even less. And I felt so, like, convicted about, like, not speaking up. I was like, I should have said something, like. Uh, and so like I packed up and I walked uh, towards where they walked and I turned the corner where they did and I like actually looked for them for like a minute and uh, they were just gone and they weren't there in the building so I was like ah oh, man because I was I was afraid that they would go and like tell other people the same you know baloney mm-hmm. uh, but yeah it seemed like they were only talking to a woman and a girl uh, mm-hmm. and like talking about trying to find people that would like you know agree with and appreciate yeah. the message that God's a woman mm-hmm. um, but just real quick like. It's not the idea of God being female that's wrong. Because God's not man either. Right? Right. Like, Jesus was man because he was incarnated. But, but the reason why God is called Father is not because he's, like, a man, like we are. But because, like, the characteristics of a good father. Right. Like, he provides, he leads, he, he protects. It's, it's, it's because of these things. And he disciplines um, that he's called a father. It's not supposed to be, like, thought literally. Which is why they got to that conclusion. Right. Um, but yeah. Obviously unbiblical. Yeah, not biblical. <laughs> I'm curious what religion that was, because it doesn't so sound like it's like anything I've it's not like, you know, like Jewish Witness, it's not yeah. Mormon. Um, it's not I, any yeah. of us. Yeah, I heard that there was a religion out there that, that claims that God is a woman. Woman. Because I've heard that like because God gives life mm-hmm. and like woman is what gives life. Right. Very interesting. Yeah, it was, it was pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so just be careful. Uh, I think you guys should learn how to interpret the Word of God in yeah. your own. Talk to your pastors about that. That's uh, why you got to read the Word. Like people who don't read the Word, they just, oh, it sounds reasonable. I guess that's true. And then they just go down some weird path. Yeah. But uh, always, you know, that's why we're always telling our sheep to read read the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, I think that's a wrap for episode, episode two. two. Yeah, that was fun. That was a good one. Yeah, yeah that was fun. I hope it was insightful and it was meaningful for you. Um, as always, you know, hit like and subscribe. Tell other people. I've noticed our, our it's been a little jump in our subscription <laughs> subscribers <laughs> in in, uh, in YouTube. You know, every time we I'm like setting that up, I see it, yeah. the number go up a little bit. But uh, yeah, if you think this is gonna encourage somebody, somebody mm-hmm. who's wrestling with you know anger or bitterness towards people, a brother and sister who's really struggling with this, like send this to them as an encouragement. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess we'll see you next time. Yep. See you guys. Bye. Much love.